It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Michael Reed Show Podcast. Tune in weekdays from 9 on LMFM. To contact us, email now. Michael at LMFM.ie Well, the fallout from that infamous golfing dinner in Clifton continues. It shows no sign of abating. Yesterday, Sean O'Rourke was basically cut adrift by RTE and the former Chief Justice Susan Denham is to undertake an investigation into the circumstances by which Supreme Court Judge Seamus Wolfe attended that function in Clifton. So it's an ongoing story and uh, we're going to, if you like, explore the Labour Party perspective on it right now. I'm joined on the line by Jed Nash, who is Labour TD for Louth and Eastmeath. First of all, Jed, do you yourself think that Phil Hogan should resign? Um, not only do I uh, think that he should consider his position, but the, but the Taoiseach and Taunister at the weekend made a, an unprecedented intervention and called on Phil Hogan to consider his position. Uh, I've heard all the arguments, Ken, over the last few days from people across the country, and I've read all of the newspaper articles about how important, uh, apparently, Phil Hogan is to Ireland's interests in terms of trade deal talks in relation to Brexit, um, this may may be the case. Um, however, you have to recall as well, Ken, that just a few short weeks ago, this was a gentleman who was considering his own options and was looking at um, canvassing and campaigning for the role of Director General of the World Trade Organization. So he wasn't exactly lying back and thinking of Ireland at that particular time. Phil Hogan was thinking about his next uh, move. Uh, in my view, this is about accountability. Um, we can never sidestep accountability. Too often in this country, accountability has been um, the victim. Um, people need to be accountable for their actions. And if you look very closely uh, at um, Phil Hogan's six different versions of events, remember he had to issue six different statements to clarify his movements since he came back to Ireland and how he actually got to that dinner in the first place. Uh, he has contradicted himself on a couple of occasions and that appears now to seriously concern the President of the European Council, Ursula von der Leyen. And interestingly, yesterday, uh, the spokesperson for the Commission um, mentioned uh, not just the obligation uh, on our public officials to abide by law and respect legal authority and the guidance that is um, that is in 
place in, in member states. Okay, so but that, just let, let me put the position as well. Sure, let me put the point to you that uh, Phil Hogan has said that he was told on two separate occasions that the function in Clifton was COVID-19 compliant. So in other words, he was told, yeah, you're okay, Phil, come along, you've nothing to worry about. If somebody advised him wrongly, why should he suffer? I'd be very concerned about an experienced public figure or indeed any uh, sentient adult who decided that they were going to rely on somebody else's advice. Somebody in a position of such responsibility, an experienced public figure, somebody who started out his life on a local authority, his public life in a local authority in the mid-1980s, serves as a government minister, a senior strategist with Fine Gael and goes on to serve as a two-term European commissioner. Uh, that kind of ignorance is no excuse yeah, but, but Jed, that's like saying that's like saying a TD or a minister shouldn't listen to the advice of somebody in authority. It isn't. Not when we're looking at uh, the law and looking at uh, the official guidance that's in place. Everybody has responsibility from, you know, those who are going back to school this week and their families uh, to, uh, you know, business owners, to workers themselves who need to acquaint themselves with the health and safety obligations that and requirements that are in place now to keep everybody safe in their workplace. Everybody has an obligation to acquaint themselves with the rules, and ignorance is absolutely no defence. All right, but it's certainly not a defence for people yeah. who have spent uh, you know, 30, 40 years in public life. Yeah, well, to, to borrow a crude phrase, isn't this simply the Labour Party looking for a head on a plate to make the government look bad? No, um, Mr Hogan isn't a member of government. Um, I know, but he's a Fine Gael, uh, nominee uh, Mr. To, to the, to the Mr. European Commission. Mr Hogan himself is using every opportunity available to make himself look bad. Um, to be perfectly frank, he doesn't need our help. Um, I'll remind you, Ken, that this weekend the Taoiseach and the Taoiseach went even further than my party leader did uh, on Friday. Uh, and asked uh, the individual concerned, Mr Hogan, to consider his position. That's a serious turn of events. Uh, ultimately, um, Mr Hogan's career um, won't be defined, um, and his future in the European Commission won't be defined by either Leo Varadkar or Michal Martin, Alan Kelly or anybody else. It'll be defined by whether or not the President of the European Commission um, accepts his account of events that has changed on a couple of occasions over the last few days. He needs to make a very full and clear declaration to the President of the European Council to satisfy her uh, that uh, there were no breaches uh, and that um, you know he, he, he has engaged properly uh, with her. Okay, um, but Looking at media reports this morning, it seems that um, he may be running out of road uh, in the European Commission. Yeah, let me put this point to you, or this scenario to you, rather. Uh, the Labour Party isn't exactly squeaky clean in this story. Your old uh, Senate pal Lorraine Higgins attended the function as well. So is it not a bit hypocritical of Labour to be, if you like, having a go at the Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael people who were there, whether they're current or past uh, members of the Oireachtas, when in fact one of your own kith and kin was there as well? Lorraine Higgins hasn't been a member of the Labour Party since... 2016. She's in private business now and has no relationship whatsoever with the uh, Labour Party. But no doubt she is a Labour supporter. I'm, I'm not sure that, that, that you have to ask her that. She's in private business herself working in the area of public affairs uh, and represents you know, clients uh, professionally uh, in, in, in that way there's, and there's no relationship uh, as far as I'm aware with the Labour Party. Okay. I've been a member since 2016 since she uh, lost her, uh, or Shannon Caesar since that Shannon term, I should say, uh, ended.
OK, your party leader, Alan Kelly, um, has called for the doll to be uh, recalled. And uh, one just wonders, what's the point? What will be said in the doll next week that hasn't been said over and over on the airwaves during the last five days? Well, again, it goes back to the question of accountability, Ken. And you have been covering politics as a professional journalist, uh, covering politics in particular for a long number of years. And it goes back to the idea of accountability, the concept of, and, and principle of accountability. Uh, at this point in time, in the middle of a dire global pandemic, when people are looking for reassurance, when businesses are, all too many of them, uh, at risk of closure, when people are concerned about their jobs, uh, and importantly, Ken, when schools are going back, we need the government to be in place or accept that ministers by and large are at their desk as most TDs are at this point in time as well and everybody's entitled to a break to try to recharge their batteries but it is important and we demanded this actually even before um, the uh, Gulfgate controversy uh, emerged last week we wanted the doll to be back before the schools opened. We have a minister for uh, education who uh, appears to be learning on the job a first time TD. Uh, This is no time for a rookie uh, my office yesterday can uh, many, many calls from teachers across this region who may be at risk health-wise, uh, who are being told that they have to return to school, which is at odds with uh, what their trade unions are saying. The trade unions are trying to work very hard to support and protect the interests of teachers and SNAs, school secretaries and so on. And uh, the Department of Education are steering back from all of that. We're dealing with issues for families in this region in relation to school transport, kids who can't get places on buses. Uh, The Minister for Education knew uh, that if we were to have social distancing and so on and and, and safer situations on buses, we would need more buses. Many buses would fulfil those kind of needs. So it's important that the Minister for Education is accountable to the TDs, to people like me who are elected by the people of uh, Laird and Eastmead to take questions and to take control of the situation. Right, but the the school busing thing and the whole issue of uh, children going back to school, that sounds like just a separate issue to this dinner in Clifton. I suppose what I'm trying to basically say that uh, opposition TDs will stand up on the dole next week and they'll all say this dinner took place and it was wrong, wrong, wrong and the government TDs will stand up uh, and say the dinner took place, it was wrong, actions have been taken and that'll be the end of the matter because heads have rolled already. The point I'm trying to say is what is the point in recalling the doll just for that specific matter only when everything we need to know is already out in the public domain? Um, I told you why the Labour Party wants to recall the doll and we actually started campaigning to recall the doll before the Gulfgate controversy uh, emerged last week. The most important thing facing our country this week uh, is the return of our schools. There's huge concern. Uh, School principals and school boards of management and staff are doing their best to try to adhere to the protocols and guidance that was issued by the department. Belatedly, I may add, uh, protocols and guidance that should have been issued probably back in, in June or earlier in July to allow schools to prepare. This is the single most important thing and we need a minister to be accountable. That's a standard of public life. Um, this government uh, needs to be held to account and needs to be back on the job uh, quicker uh, than, um, than than it's prepared to be. I mean, it was interesting that they rushed out a statement, um, embargo for midnight uh, last Saturday night, uh, Sunday morning, in time for the Sunday papers to announce, in fact, that they weren't going to recall the doll next week and concede to our demand, but do it the, the week later. Uh, there's a small gap of a few days, but that gap is important because schools will already be open at that stage. And I think, frankly, Ken, as a, an elected representative, uh, representing the people of Loudoun, he's made that the people of this area need to see their government, this government, back uh, in control 
uh, and taking questions, uh, constructive questions, I mean, yeah, sure. but, uh, but, from opposition uh, and, 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 and that advice. Okay, well, one, really, one, really important, so well, we can't sidestep that. Right, but one interpretation of what you're saying there is uh, that Dole should have been back in the first week of August and not actually in the last week of August. No, I think everybody's entitled to a, to a break, uh, but given the huge challenges that our school system is facing at the moment and the assurances that families and staff need, it is really, really important that we have a minister who is prepared to take questions in the doll, who is prepared to you know, front up uh, in a way that, frankly, and I don't want to personalise this, she hasn't seemed to be capable of doing over the last um, period of time or short two months in office. We have a chaotic, shambolic government in place at the moment and people need to see a government that's in charge, that's in control of the message and in control of the agenda. We haven't seen that to date. Uh, they need to use this opportunity to do that. It's going to be a really important few weeks ahead as well. Uh, we're you know, all preparing our positions in relation to uh, a critical budget uh, and a, a new national economic recovery plan that people will be looking very, very closely at to provide them with some hope for the future. In that sense, uh, you know, a social contract might be renewed, uh, build the houses that we need, ensure that people have the incomes that they need and the supports that they need and a health service that's free at the point of, of access for everybody. Um, so a lot of work to be done over the next few weeks and the sooner we get back to that job, the better. OK, we had bus operators on yesterday from Drogheda and uh, Dundalk and they don't know whether they're coming or going in relation to the proposal that uh, bus operators can only operate what's called 50% capacity in terms of picking up uh, students, bringing them to secondary school, which means either twice as many buses will be required to get everybody to school or 50% of students across the country may have have to hitch a lift or get mummy and daddy to go out of their way to drop them off at school. If you were the minister, what would you do to address this crisis? Well, what I would have done uh, is had a plan in place much earlier than uh, this minister was prepared to bring a plan forward. Um, I've no doubt that the Department of Education officials were working on a plan over the last few months, but there's little evidence uh, of this. You know, we knew that schools had to be back at the end of August, early September. So that wasn't actually a line in the sand, if you know what I mean, Ken. That was a very clear that we know that schools go back in August, September. And the reason for schools going back are manyfold. I mean, children need that consistency in their lives. Uh, particularly, you know, I've been dealing with cases over the last period of time, children from you know, low-income families where there may be difficulties who are really, you know, regressing. They need to be back at school in a safe and, control, and in a and, you know, controlled fashion. Um, so... I mean, we, we, we would have, and the state should have provided a scenario where, you know, those bus companies that you refer to, bus companies operating in our area and across the country, should have had that reassurance and should have had the extra resources to be able to plan uh, for that separation of 50% capacity. Uh, I'm coming across cases over the last couple of days where, you know, people were prepared to go back to work because, um, you know, there was that sort of drop-dead date of, of the 31st of August or the 1st of September where, you know, a family that, you know, a mum or dad may have taken some time off uh, out of work um, to look after children, educate them at home when the schools were closed. Uh, maybe we're relying on grandparents as well. We now have a situation where you know, grandparents are being asked because you know families are going back to work on the basis that schools will be back full tilt at the end of August, early September. And there's a huge reliance now on grandparents to bring children to school. Well, grandparents, in fact, in accordance those who are over 70, in accordance with the um, public health guidance, have been asked to, um, you know, moderate uh, their exposure um, to um, too many people, um, you know, where they, they, they shouldn't be, um, you know, they, they shouldn't, well, if not cocooning, they should be looking after themselves, looking after their health. 
um, on the advice of the public health officials. So there's huge uncertainty about uh, the schools going back at the end of this week and uh, and early next week. And that's why um, we, we we need we need uh, the government back being held accountable to the doll in the normal way. I was reading an article in one of the uh, the Sunday papers there at the weekend. A uh, lot of anger amongst parents around the country that where incomes have dried up since March and people have found themselves out of work, they're still being asked to pay what they would class are ridiculous fees to put uniforms on uh, school children returning to school or starting secondary school. Hasn't the time come for the state to effectively fund uh, back-to-school fees? Uh, yes, um, and the time has come as well to end what's called voluntary contributions that, as you know, fine, fine well, Ken and your listeners will know, uh, they're far from voluntary. There's an expectation that people will make that contribution and fit, you know, fill that gap um, where exchequer resources don't meet the needs of schools. Um, we have, for the last few years now, in all of our budget propositions, proposed the you know, free, books, free books games for all schools and uh, an ending of these voluntary contributions. And that would uh, mean increasing the, what's known as the capitation grant uh, for schools. Um, there's also the potential you know, to, to abolish uniforms in, in the first place. So I remember way back in 2011, Ken, when uh, Rory Quinn proposed, in fact, that um, you know, separate sort of school uniforms that are quite expensive may be phased out and more generic uniforms might be introduced. Um, that uh, Some schools, uh, particularly in parts of Dublin, uh, railed against that. Um, you know, we need to be conscious of the fact that going back to school, as the annual Barnardo's and Vincent de Paul studies show very clearly, is a huge expense on families uh, and people need that support. And we need to reduce um, the, the, the burden on families uh, when kids are going back to school. Um, and people need to be enabled and facilitated to go back to school in as cost effective, uh, particularly low-income families. Uh, finally, Jed, and uh, I am very mindful of the fact that uh, TDs and members of the Oireachtas have to function within what's called the Separation of Powers Act. Do you have any comments to make about the probe by Susan Denham, the former Chief Justice, uh, into the circumstances by which uh, Supreme Court Judge Seamus Wolfe uh, attended that dinner in Clifton last week? Well, it's an unprecedented situation. And uh, again, for somebody in a position of such responsibility, somebody is charged with interpreting the laws uh, that we as lawmakers make. Um, it was um, at the very least ill-advised uh, that somebody of that stature, somebody that holds such a position in Irish life, uh, should attend uh, such an event and indeed rely uh, on the advice of others. Um, outside of all of that, I'm, I'm pleased that um, Susan Denham has been engaged to carry out this review. This is unprecedented. There was a piece of legislation in place uh, where matters like this could be dealt with um, in relation to the conduct of, of ju- the Judiciary, the Judicial Council Act of 2019, but the relevant parts of that legislation haven't commenced, and that's why this independent uh, review uh, has been um, requested by the Chief Justice, and I think we, we await that one with interest. Okay, we leave it there. That's uh, Labour TD for Loud and Eastmeath, Jade Nash. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.